Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now, Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network. Coach! Good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. Coach! Good morning. What's up, DJ? You fired up? I'm fired up. Ready to go. Well, it's it's Tuesday. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. damn. Right. So yeah, we got more hitting to do. Build up. Build up. <laughs> you know better than that. Yeah, what, what, what Jerry's saying is shut up. So you can't win the game on Tuesday. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Last time I looked, no. <laughs> okay, we can still be fired up. We just tempered a little bit, Coach. That's it. Plus, I should play in the map. They play on Tuesday. I that, guess you could win the game on Tuesday. See, there you go. But, no, I'm so. not fired up about them. Not yet. <laughs> Um, Give me a weakness that Penn State has right now because there's uh, not one that's pretty obvious. Well, okay, when you say weakness, it doesn't mean bad. Let's establish that. I'd say probably the offensive line is behind the player development of Penn State since James has been there. And yet, when you look at the offensive line, when Bill O'Brien took over, when James took over, it was really behind the rest of the roster as far as player development. So probably the offensive line, but obviously they make up for it because they're an option team, and by virtue of the option, you gain a blocker because obviously you're not blocking one of the defenders. Plus, they've got the best player in the country in Saquon and one of the best quarterbacks in Trace. Uh, but I, I think the short answer is offensive line, but I don't want to say it in fact that they're struggling in the offensive line. They're just not as good as everywhere else. Yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment, Coach. Now, when you look at their defensive line, do you think they are stout enough to shut down D.K. Dobbins or J.K. Dobbins and, and the running game of Ohio State? Because I believe that's going to be the key. They, they're fine with making J.T. Barrett chunk it all over the field, and he's got some great guys he can throw it to. But they have to stop the run. Are they stout enough to do that? I think it depends on what runs Ohio State decides to present to the defense. Again, we could see two option teams. As much as this is wide-open attacks and two great quarterbacks and all this kind of stuff, at the core of their being, when they get in trouble, meaning they're in a tough game, they're both option teams. So I, I, I do think that Ohio State can move the ball on Penn State if they incorporate the option. The problem with the option is you put JT in harm's way. The other problem with the option is you don't need it if you're Ohio State in most games but you need it in the big games, and if the mesh isn't tied up and if the reads aren't accurate because you haven't been doing it in all the games, it can create problems. Do I think Ohio State can just run direct runs at Penn State without the option? I think it would be give and take. I I think Penn State would win some of those battles, and I think Ohio State would win other battles. I think where where the offensive and defensive lines are going to come in, BJ, is where – is when the offense gets behind schedule, second and long, third and long, mm-hmm. then I think the advantage goes to both defensive lines, Ohio State 
and Penn State's defensive lines because I think they're better than both of the offensive lines they're going against. That's a great point because Michigan rolled into Happy Valley last weekend only allowing opponents to convert 20% of their third downs, and Penn State converted about 60%. 57, I believe, was the, the exact number, but they didn't have many third down plays. I think seven, but... They only had one of those third down conversions was 10 yards or more. So it's going to be key to be in those manageable manageable third down situations. You have to stay on schedule in this game, right? I mean, you've got to be first and 10 and second and six better more than 50% of the time. They'll have somewhere between 25 and 30 first and 10 opportunities. And whatever team can come up second and six or better more than 50% of the time keeps them out of those third long situations. And then you start looking at turnovers and all that other stuff that plays into every game. But with these two slugging it out, uh, you know, I just think we watch first and 10. Who's throwing the ball better in first and 10? And when they do run it, who's gaining four yards or more? Gio and Jones with Jerry DiNardo now with the Big Ten Network across the country on CBS Sports Radio. It feels like Saquon Barkley has gotten to the point where he's matchup proof. Doesn't matter what you do to him in that offense or who you're playing, he's going to find a way to get his. Uh, if you had to scheme against him, uh, how would you try to slow him and that Penn State attack down? Okay, so that's an issue, right, Gio? So you got to figure if Ohio State learned anything by watching Penn State and Michigan when they were off, it is, okay, if we played man coverage on the perimeter between Gasicki and Barkley, how the hell do we match up with them, right? I mean, that's the issue, right? It's because it's contradictory. If I want to match up with the wide receivers, I play man. But I can't match up with Kosicki and Barkley with the linebackers. So do I play zone and give the advantage to the receivers and to JT? Give JT zone, he's he's going to play pitch and catch all day long. One way to challenge JT is to snug up coverage. One way to challenge... The Ohio State receivers is not to let them shake coverage. People have, I hope all have proved that, and some other teams have proved that. So what do you do? So I'm not going to answer the question because I don't have the answer. But I, mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd be studying. I mean, that, that's what I, I'm watching this game unfold Saturday night, and I'm saying I'm thinking about the Ohio State-Penn State game after a while. Obviously, it was Penn State was going to win. I'm saying, okay, if Greg Shannon mans up on the outside, how does he match up in the inside? And uh, Greg knows a lot more about defense than I do, so I'll leave it up to him. But to me, that's the problem. Exactly, and I thought Trace McSorley would have to play a big part in Penn State winning last week. He did, accounting for four touchdowns in that ball game. Now, Ohio State, their last five opponents, the combined record is 17-19. and We're talking Army, UNLV, Rutgers, Maryland, and Nebraska. But yet and still, you won all those games. You blasted all those teams. So does that – from a confidence standpoint going into this one, does that really give Ohio State the edge off the heels of losing to Oklahoma? Well, I, I think it gives them a little bit of edge. I think revenge gives them more of an edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, human nature says you know, that they know they haven't played anybody really good, and maybe what they've done the last few weeks isn't a great measure. But revenge is always a motive and always, always in the back of an athlete or competitor's head. Uh, I, I still don't know where JT is in the big games. To me, you know, you watch the Nebraska game. I mean, BJ, Nebraska game looked like a Thursday practice where you script a bunch of plays and you just march down the field and everything looks good. Yeah. And, you know, we know JT can perform there. 
And then I watched the Oklahoma game again last night. You know, JT didn't get much help in that game from the offensive line. I, I mean, sometimes the receivers couldn't shake coverage, but there were times when there were receivers open, but, but JT just wasn't protected well enough. So can Ohio State protect JT, and can he throw it in tight windows under extreme pressure? It, there's tremendous pressure on JT. JT, the kind of kid, he's a great kid. He's a three-time captain. I, I think he feels like he has to win this game, no matter how much Urban says, just play the game. It's not all up to you. I think he feels that pressure, and he needs to be protected to respond to that pressure. Is Wisconsin going to be better than just rolling to the title in their half of the, the Big Ten and then losing in the championship game again? Is this going to be a, a different outcome for them? Can they take that next step in 2017? You know, I, I don't know. The worst thing for Wisconsin is they're not playing enough tough games. I mean, they look – I watched them again whenever it is. I don't even know what day it is. But I watched them again after Saturday and studied them. You just wish they were under the fire more. They, they just look like they know they're going to win. You watch them. It looks like they're going to win. They're very talented. They're very well coached. But, damn, you want to be in tough games before you're in a tough game. I mean, this is, you know, Ohio State, at least they lost to Oklahoma. You know, Wisconsin, you know, they kind of just are getting through the games, and they're really, really good. But I worry about them. Now, they have Michigan, which, you know, we thought would be better. I worry about the Iowa game. I mean, if I say Wisconsin's get upset, I, I, I look to Iowa to do that. But anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, I wish they had a tougher schedule for their sake because they could roll to Indianapolis and then not be in a tough game and suffer not being in a tough game during a tough game. Yeah, I think if they get in one where they can shut down Taylor, who's been fantastic, the freshman running back, and they have to lean on Hornybrook, it's going to be a tough deal for that offense to score some points. Michigan State, uh, they, since the win at their Michigan, which was a tough one, but they got it. Little brother uh, wins again. Uh, they, they, they've they had some tight ones. Uh, do you think they're the, the second or third best team in the conference? Uh, you know, I don't think they're as good as Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think they can beat Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. I mean, this is Mark D'Antonio, right? I mean, yeah. count, count them out and then he beats you, and then you wish you never opened your mouth. And so – uh, you know, they're just kind of an ugly team. They're playing really good defense. Their offensive line, you know, they're, they're okay. They've got some waist spenders. They've got some really tough guys. Uh, I think LJ Scott is the answer. You know, he's just got to get, he's just got to pass this driver education. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I lost my license too. Everyone's all over me. He should have been suspended. No, he shouldn't have. I, I mean, I know, I know. I mean, I, I was co- I was coaching East of Michigan, and I lost my license. I went in front of the judge, and he said, "How'd you get here?" And I said, "I drove." He almost put me in jail. Uh, maybe it's Michigan. I don't know. But anyway, uh, you know, it's just typical. This is what Mark Santonio loves. You know, I mean, he just loves these close games, uh, and he, he's they're 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 playing the way he likes to play, and that's how they played for ten years, except for last year. Gio and Jones with Jerry DiNardo across the country on CBS Sports Radio. You can always check him out on the Big Ten Network. Did you think that by now Jim Harbaugh would have more success? Yeah, he's behind schedule. There's no doubt he's behind schedule. And here's and when I say schedule, here's the schedule. Ohio State wins the national championship 
in, in, in Urban's third year. James Franklin wins the Big Ten Championship in his third year. Jim is coming third in the East for two years in a row, and it looks like him and the Rutgers are going to play for fourth place this week. And so he's behind schedule. But, but more importantly, why? Why is he behind schedule? They had, uh, what, what, 11 draft picks last year, so obviously Brady left in talent. In fact, I think his record right now is exactly the same as Brady's at the same time. But Brady left in talent. I think their problem is quarterback play, offensive line, and tailback. And when you line up in a pro formation, like Wisconsin, you better have an offensive line. Wisconsin probably has the best off- one of the best offensive lines in the country. I'm on the Joe Moore uh, Award Committee, and I hear a lot of guys talk about a lot of different lines, and I think Wisconsin's in that conversation. But, but Michigan should have a better offensive line. If you're going to line them in pro formation, you better have a tailback like Jonathan Taylor. At Wisconsin. I mean, if you're an elite team, like Jonathan Taylor, and then you better have a quarterback. Hornybrook's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. But if you look at the personnel at Wisconsin, you say if Wisconsin that recruits two and three stars can be built like that, and if Michigan can be built the way they are on defense, why can't they be built that way on offense? So certainly behind schedule, and maybe the scheme has caught up to him. If he's going to try to win games 14-7, 14-10, which is what you do sometimes, when you line up in that formation and you're in a big game. So, yes, behind schedule, answer to, to have a long answer to a short question, Gio, behind schedule for sure. <laughs> well, take, we like. <laughs> take as much time as you want with this because Notre Dame, they are ahead of schedule, I think. No one uh, figured them to be sitting where they are with just the one loss and running the rock in the manner in which they are. 317 is what they're averaging right now. Now, Coach Kelly overhauled that, that staff. I think it's six, seven new coaches, two new coordinators. You've been there. Uh, you've been the leader of these pro- programs. How difficult is it to get all those new voices and, and faces and philosophies to mesh? Maybe the most difficult or certainly one of the most difficult things you do in coaching and usually the thing that gets a guy fired, okay? It's usually – a last resort. You know, I said the same thing about James Franklin. I mean, Joe Moorhead changed and then uh, Shoup leaves to go to Tennessee. Uh, and and he, he rebuilds his staff, not as yeah. much as Brian. Yeah. But for Brian to rebuild that staff and get this result, I think that's extraordinary. I think if you study the history of coaching changes, meaning staff changes, You'll find, you know, and Mike Riley's going through this in Lincoln, you'll find most of it doesn't work. It's a hard sell to the team. It's certainly a hard sell to your administration. And it's a hard sell to the fans. And Brian has done all of that, and he deserves this kind of credit. He's changed himself. You know, Brian has kind of changed himself twice, I think, since he's been at Notre Dame. And I can remember a story about, you know, about Ara telling him and, and maybe Lou telling him, you know, there are a lot of people watching you on the sidelines. And, you, you know, you, 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 just, you just have to be careful with everything that you do there. You're, you're in a fishbowl. And to his credit, he, you know, he's, he's made some changes. It's hard, BJ, it's hard for a guy like Brian Kelly to give a play call. It's mm-hmm. like Steve Spurry giving a play call. If you're a head coach who's a play caller, I mean, that, that, that's one of the most fun things, exciting things you do. And to all of a sudden stop doing it when you were the head coach of Grand Valley, then the head coach of Central Michigan, then the head coach of uh, Cincinnati, and then the head coach at Notre Dame and start out being a play caller, 
man, giving that up is hard to do. And I, I, I just give him a lot of credit for what he's done. Yeah, it's like me giving up pork chops. Hard to do. Can't do it. Well, that's impossible, BJ. Yeah. That's, a little, that, that, that's, that's the next level. <laughs> Jerry, thanks for the time as always. We thanks, appreciate Cole. it, man. Bye. Right. See you, BJ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.